How do you get known? You do a good job. You have credibility. You are trustworthy and known as somebody who delivers good value with a smile for those people who you interact with. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and I am so excited about today's guest. He is a global credibility expert, and his name is Mitchell Levy. He's a TEDx speaker and international best-selling author of over 60 books. As the AHA guy, he helps extract the genius from your head in a two-hour interview that helps his team ghostwrite your book, publish it, distribute it, and make you an Amazon bestseller in four months. He's an accomplished entrepreneur who has created 20 businesses in Silicon Valley, including four publishing companies that have published over 850 books. He's provided strategic consulting to over 100 companies. He's been the chairman of the board on a NASDAQ-listed company. You can find out more about him at thedailyhelping.com, where we're going to have his links, including his TED Talk, Being Seen and Being Heard as a Thought Leader. There's so much we can get into here today. Mitchell, welcome to the show. Dr. Richard, a pleasure to be here. And man, I like that intro. I'm going to have to play that one again. Hey, you know, put it on loop and, and have it as you do your daily run for sure. I don't know so, about that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this a little bit too much, too much Mitchell all the time. Too much yeah. Mitchell all the time. Well, let's get a good 20 to 30 minutes of Mitchell in then for everybody listening to this. I mean, you, you're a credibility expert. Your TED Talk was on being a thought leader. So talk to us about thought leadership. Talk to us about credibility and, and why we should care. So we'll start with, uh, let's start with thought leadership. The word thought leader, that phrase means something different today than it meant 20 years ago. 20 years ago, our thought leaders were brought to us by the, the man, by the industry. They were brought to us by the recording companies told us who we were going to listen to. The broadcast media told us what actors we were going to watch. And the publishers told us who we were going to read, who were going to be our thought leaders. And because they spent money on getting those brands, those individuals out to the marketplace, they wanted you to think that John Wayne was the guy for Westerns, you know, that, and you fill in the blank of the thought leader you were thinking about. And in general, the thought leader would say jump and the flock, and that's who we were expected to be back then, would say how high. Nowadays, because everyone has one of those, they have a camera, everyone has one of these, they have a microphone. You have an opportunity to grow a following around you. It is no longer assigned to you by this one and only global entity. As a matter of fact, they're even looking for you to have a following with you. So what happens is it's important to be interactive. It's important to actually know your following and give them what they want. And so that thought leadership, as opposed to for the average business person today, you don't need to be a global thought leader. That's what we were 
we were brought up to grow that the aspiration is to be this global business person. The truth is you just need to be recognized by those people who are your prospects, right? So whether that's a a small geographical area, if you, if you run a cleaning business or a pool service business, or if it's a very singular focused geography, not just accounting, but specific accounting tax laws, right? So whatever, whatever that vertical is, you can be much more narrow. And by the way, if, you, if you're listening to the nuance, it's a lot easier to market to a much smaller crowd. So thought leadership is now, I like to use the word thought leader and recognized expert synonymously. Does that make sense? It does. And it's interesting because you, you, you blew my mind a little bit, and yet it is common sense in, in 2019 to think about it's not about being a household name. Like that's what we used to attribute to fame and celebrity that, you know, paparazzi, you know, following you and everybody knows who you are and you're on TV and you're everywhere. You're talking about a completely different paradigm in that you're extraordinarily well known whether it's in your specific community or whether it's for a specific skill set but that's that's the focus that's so that's so interesting and yet as i said intuitive so talk to us then if that's what thought leadership is today then how do we get there what if what if somebody has a great business what if somebody has all the tools but nobody knows how to find them or who they are <laughs> yeah the uh, there are many different ways to to establish and build credibility for yourself. First, let me let me just quick do a quick definition. According to dictionary.com, credibility uh, the, the shortest answer I could say is being trustworthy. So it's being recognized that you say what you're going to do and do what you say and you do it consistently all the time. And you know what's really fascinating as much as we have Yelp and other ways to, to rate us, we haven't quite hit that. There's still an opportunity to come about for the human Yelp, for that person. So Dr. Richard, you and I, we, we hit it off as soon as we started talking to each other. And what's interesting is, what if there was, as opposed to we got introduced by J.B. Crumb, as opposed to having a, a, an individual single us out, what if there was a computer program that you bumped into me and the characteristics of me dealing with other radio hosts, other business people like you, I popped out as saying, hey, this guy's credible. This guy's worth talking to. He can help me, right? That's a very interesting thing. So that's going to happen and change over time. So how do you get there? How do you get to the point where you not only have people who know you, recommend you, but you have people who don't necessarily know you, but they've heard of you because in that space, they service the same community. And the short answer, it's going back to how we used to do business in the village days. In the villages, when there was one butcher, you know, one baker, one candlestick maker, occasionally there'd be a second that'd come into town. Who would you use? You'd use the one that you felt comfortable with, that you knew their family, that you trusted them, that when you walked into the store to buy something, you knew you were getting the best value for the best price. It wasn't the opposite way around. In the industrial age, what often happens is they're going to build things to break because they want you to buy more. That's not the way it was in the village days. And so how do you get to be known within that village? And now let's assume that village is not just a small geographical area. 
Well, let's say that village is global. It just happens to be very focused. How do you get known? You do a good job. You have credibility. You are trustworthy and known as somebody who delivers good value with a smile for those people who you interact with. Good value with a smile. I like <laughs> put that on a bumper sticker. So somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, I I want to do all this. I, I want my village, my little global village of my specific niche. I want people to know me and see me as the guy, the expert, or one of those people who, you know, has that brand cachet. So you're you're a credibility expert. You've been doing this for many, many years. So take somebody through the steps of, in, in your opinion, the, the key things that somebody has to do to be known as a credibility expert. Well, it's, it's interesting. I, there's a couple different, depending on how you're asking that question, there are, there are five best practices of thought leadership. We can do that. There's also what is, what is credibility and, and how, do you, how do you garner that? How do you get that? Let's let's take that one first. And if you decide you want me to go on the five steps of thought leadership, I can do that. The most important thing is that, and and you know this term, it's called CPOP, customer report and pain. So it's not that you're selling to the pain, it's that you've recognized who your customers are and what is the pain that they need to solve today. In Silicon Valley, and been here for 35 years. What's what's interesting, the question we always ask is are you selling vitamins or are you selling pain pills? I, are you selling something that's going to enhance somebody, but you don't always know the results? Or does somebody have a specific pain today and you're selling a problem solution to that, prop, to, to that pain? So the thing is, if you know your CPOP, what's going to happen, and you know your customers, you over time, you have to realize your customers are going to change. And so if you, if you actually know your customers, you keep talking to them and listening to them. So if you actually get to the point in a business where lots of other people are servicing for you, listen, you got to do a good job. You've got to, you got to make sure you still touch your customers all the time. Let's say you're just relatively new and you haven't done this yet and you don't have good customer testimonials and you don't know who you're, who, who the audience is you're serving and what the problems they're serving. Well, the truth is you got to find it out. So find somebody in the industry you really like and do an apprenticeship. If, if you can afford it, go out and find two or three or four clients that you could work with. And the cost you're going to charge them is a good customer testimonial if you're successful. So define a scenario that has a beginning and an end and that you can have a very simple to understand metric or set of metrics, set of KPIs, key performance indicators that you can actually look at and go, okay, if I do this for you and we get you to this particular location, this is the KPI we're going we're gonna to meet. Could you then give me a great recommendation? Yes. At that stage, if you want to talk about hiring me at a price point, we'll talk that. Right? No, impl- no implication that when you get to the stage, you'll get hired and you can even leave that last part out. But what happens is, you need, and this is probably the most relevant component in today's world, you need video testimonials. I mean, you can have audio, that's fine. But the benefit of a video testimony is you get to see somebody. You get to feel somebody because humans, we process information auditorily, kinesthetically, um, and visually. The video is the, is the thing, unless somebody talks robotically, the video is the thing that 
covers all three aspects. And so if you want to establish credibility, find clients and do business for them and get video testimonials. And that would be step, step one. Um, and we could stop from there and I'll, 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 uh, I'll answer additional questions. Well, I, I think that's a great step one. I, I'm still thinking about those five steps of thought leadership. So do we want to go on to step two or circle back around? What do you think makes the most well, sense? Well, we could. Uh, we absolutely could. How about I'll do them, I'll do them at a high level. And, and actually, even though I use the word step one, that's not that's really the step one on credibility. I'm going to I'll come up with a. Uh, I am still new on the uh, on defining some of the easy to understand stuff on credibility. So I'm in the middle of, as you know, I'm interviewing 500 thought leaders on credibility, how to define it and how to deliver it. And what's interesting is I'm coming up with some phrases, some approaches, some, and I, and I think I'll come up with, it's either going to be a five, but I, or maybe it's, it's probably a three-step process. And, and what's interesting to me, Dr. Richard is, is the, even though what I said, I called it step one, that's probably more like action step one, right? Step one is very simple. Here's one of the things I've, I've learned having interviewed over a hundred people so far, and we're going to, we're going to hit 500. It's the, it's a Napoleon Hill style approach to interviewing 500 people and understanding a particular area extremely, extremely well. And I can always already give you some great insights. But here's the most important thing I'll say. And, and this has got to be step one. And if I only have a step, it's step one. When you show up, show up. And it's amazing, whether it's uh, a holiday and you're there for your family, whether it's business, whether it's an interview, uh, you know, you know what people don't do? They don't come early. They, they actually not only don't come early, there are people who don't come on time. So if you come late to an interview, that doesn't start things off. And if, by the way, if you're a salesperson and you come late to a scheduled appointment, your opportunity to close the sale goes to pretty close to zero. Okay. Uh, second, you haven't done research ahead of time. There was no excuse in today's world not to know exactly who you're speaking to and to be able to have looked at past episodes, past approaches, past viewpoints. You should be able to know whether it's a customer, whether it's a partner, whether it's a prospect, whether it's fill in the blank, you should be able to know a whole lot more about them. So make sure you come early, not even just on time, come early, um, be prepared. And then the thing is, the most important thing of that three-step process, those three things to think about, uh, speak with your heart. Mm. People can tell if you're speaking robotically, if it's canned stuff that comes out of your mouth, people feel that. It, it doesn't. And if, if they're not kinesthetic, they may not actually highlight that to say this person doesn't speak with heart. If they're visual or auditory, they're just going to feel like something's wrong. So, so that's the thing. To, to, that's in terms of credibility. <laughs> show up when you show up. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. 
I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. I love that. I love that. And and so that is applicable to any situation, of course. Uh, so I, we've teased it twice now, but I, I'm just dying to know them. Let's jump back into those five steps of thought right. leadership I, I, and go from there because I, I just, I, I, I can't let those go. We got to hear. It. I got you. So I'll, uh, by the way, this by itself could be a hour long presentation. I could also do this in five minutes. So let me let me do it relatively quickly, and then you could we could poke a little bit more if we need to. So, step one is to be to to show up well. So, what that means is when you meet somebody, and typically you're not going to meet somebody physically, but even if you meet somebody physically or meet somebody virtually, what is the first thing they do? They Google your name. What pops up when they Google your name? And even if it's not something that's really relevant, it's very easy. Let's say you met somebody physically, you got the card, you, you gave your 30-second pitch, they thought it was interesting. Um, they go back to their desk or, or more importantly, they, as they turn their head, they, they, they go to their phone, they Google your name. And if what shows up isn't something that excites them, you're gone. You, you, just, you immediately go in a circle viral. So just show up. Uh, number two is consistently share good, compelling content. So what that means is, uh, I didn't say consistently share original, good, compelling content. It doesn't mean that you need to be the person who's thinking through what, what the world's going to be and where is it going. As a matter of fact, I might argue that at least 80% of what you sh should share should be somebody else's. What that's showing to the world is that you're paying attention to what's happening in your in your space. If you need to be a thought leader in a very defined vertical, well, who else plays in that vertical? And what else are they doing? And what else are they saying? And what else can you share? Because if you think about the miracle on 34th Street, Chris Kringle would, would send people out of Macy's to another store, but ultimately brought more traffic back to Macy's. Your job is to share content from your competitors from those people in your space, those people who are complimentary, those people you play with, the more you could share about other people and start the engagement, because what does it mean to be a recognized thought leader? People engage with what you do. Hmm. So that's number three. Uh, I'm sorry, number two. Number three, and this one, this one's really interesting. This is, you need a book. You not only need a book, but you need a book specifically focused on the CBOP. So what does that mean? People buy, people buy, and I'm, I'm, uh, for those who are listening, I'm holding up a book. It's, it is 300 pages. It took the authors three years to write. It is dense uh, content. It took them over a thousand hours. Now their audience are engineers. So if, if you're going to appeal to engineers, you have to write good, dense, thick content. For most business today, we don't read books anymore. We may listen to some of them. So what do you need to do? You need to capture their attention. You need to capture their attention in a way that they see you as an expert. 
they see that you have credibility. So what's one easy way to get credibility? Be an Amazon best-selling author. And to be an Amazon best-selling author in a book that specifically covers the pain point you solve for your clients. So what does that mean? Don't think about taking your life and spending three years to create this quintessential book that you hope gets you into the thought leader status of what you knew 10 or 20 years ago, because that's not going to happen these days. Instead, you could spend a shorter period of time, be very focused. And if somebody, we still in this world today, as democratized as book publishing has become, when somebody says you're an author, they say, what did you write? Right? So, so I've written over 60 books. What happens is, depending on who I'm with, I'm going to bring up the book that I find most relevant to them. Right? So if I say the book, the book I wrote is similar to the, the TED Talk. It's called Being Seen and Being Heard as a Thought Leader. So I'll often have that book with me. And when they'll say, hey, what do you write? I'll hold it up. And it's, it's an orange cover. It's got a, a half picture of my head on it with my hat. And, and people go, oh, that's interesting. And, and I go, well, what? Let me, let me introduce myself, right? So I'll introduce myself in front of other people. And Dr. Richard, you've, you've done this before. We've, we've been in a room with 30 people and they all introduce themselves. And by the time the third or fourth person goes, you're like, what do they say again? Who are they? How, do they, how does one person stand out from another? Absolutely. <laughs> so the thing that's interesting, I'm going to say those same words, but let me, uh, I, I, just for those who are, if we ever see this visually, but uh, you go to my website. I'm sure I do this somewhere. I'm holding up my book. And I'm going to introduce myself and I'm going to introduce myself using the same words everyone else uses, but I'm only using them as verbs and adjectives. I only have one noun. The noun is the title of my book. So here's how I introduce myself. Hi, I'm Mitchell Levy, TEDx speaker, international best-selling author of the book, Being Seen and Being Heard as a Thought Leader. Now, for those that didn't see, I kinesthetically moved my finger down the title. The only point I want you to remember is, oh, I need to be seen. I need to be heard. Maybe I should talk to Mitchell. And that's what a book is about. Because if your book has your CPOP, when people see the title of your book, regardless of whether or not they open it up, they go, oh, that person's credible. Amazon best song up, that person's credible. Anyhow, so that's number three in thought leadership is have a book, specifically have a book to the to the pain point of the audience you serve. Now, you have multiple audiences, multiple books. You have multiple pain points, multiple books. Don't try to cram it all in one place. Be the person when somebody goes to Gmail or they go to Google and they type in, I have a problem with, your book pops up. All right, that's number three. Uh, number four, Dr. Richard is exactly what you're doing here. Uh, create some channel that you're sharing content whether it's a podcast, a vcast, uh, whatever it is. Now, some people go to, you know, a Five Global, Ariana Huffington's, uh, or they pay to be part of Forbes or Fortune, whatever, uh, entrepreneur, you know, wherever it is that you play, make sure you have a consistent way to be sharing yourself. Uh, consistent would be weekly. So some consistent platform Typically, it's better if it's your platform, but it's certainly okay for you to establish a platform on, on a place where other people have credibility. They already have awareness, so they could be an awareness sponsor for what you're doing. So that's number four. So, so far, we have uh, when people Google your name, you look well. Um, being able to share, consistently share other people's content, write a book, create your own thought leadership platform, or participate on somebody else's. And the fifth, is really fascinating 
It's create a best of list. So the best of list. Oh, and by the way, for those who are interested, um, I run a thought leadership best practices group on LinkedIn. And so you can actually go there and start seeing how people are responding. And this was sort of the, the global consolidation of things that I saw that work based on that group. So the, the fifth one is create a best of list. So imagine if you created a, a list, uh, Dr. Richard, of the best psychometric people in the world or the best people fill in the blank of what's relevant for your industry, for your vertical, the best book publishers, the, the best podcasts. Like, how cool would it be if you had a list of the 25 best podcasts in your particular vertical? Because let me tell you what's important. Here's another thing to be thinking about. It's not about the destination. I mean, think about at the destination, you know, if, if you have a lot of money, you have an award ceremony. Uh, if you don't have a lot of money, you do a virtual award ceremony. Um, but, and that's great at the end. And hopefully you get a lot of press and, and a lot of relationship. But think about the journey. Well, shouldn't you, if you have a 25 best list podcast in your vertical, shouldn't you meet the 25? Shouldn't you have some conversations with them? Doesn't mean they get to know you. And if you present yourself, like we talked about before, like when you show up, you show up and you're showing up with heart and they get to know you better. Does that mean they might feature you a little bit more over time? The answer is yes. So what you want to do is figure out in that vertical you play, come up with that annual reward, that I'm sorry, annual award that will help them sort of see you as that thought leader in the marketplace, as that firm people want to turn to. And, and what we do with, uh, with Thought Leader Life, I, I even send you a badge. So not everyone does it, but we actually have people. That's what we should do. Let's use the award thing. I should come up with an award of people who actually display their Thought Leader Life badge on their sites and then give and do some random award based on them doing that. And the interesting part is if you create good-looking, compelling graphics and you end up on somebody else's site, what happens when other people see it and they, they're intrigued? They click on it, they get to your site. So those are the five best practices. Awesome stuff. I, I want to spend a little more time on number three because you are the godfather of that. So talk to us about writing that book for your CPOP. And I know this is something that, that you do professionally. A lot of people might think about ghostwriting as, you know, is it really writing it, but not really? Like, talk to us about ghostwriting and, and some of the things you're doing there and some of the misconceptions around it as well. That, that actually is a beautiful question. I don't, get that, I don't get that often enough. And I need to put that in my 10 questions because I thank you, by the way. That was <laughs> interesting. Yeah, people, they have such an interesting misperception about what the word ghostwriting is. Because you, you've, you've seen some of the major cases where there are people who didn't actually write the book. They may not even have spoken the book that somebody else actually just went off and wrote and they just put their name on it. That's not what, to me, that's not what ghostwriting is. Here's what's interesting. If you're going to be writing a book from scratch, it's going to cost you 120 hours, 120 page book. I like 120 pages because I love the spine size. 120 pages will cost you 100, 120 hours. And if you decide to publish it yourself, that will take about 200 hours. Now, you don't have to spend that much time, but if you really want to do all the stuff that our publishing company does, it's about 200. That's 320 hours. So the question is, do you actually have 320 hours in your life to put towards your business? 
Now, let me, let me answer that question. If you are able to take 320 dedicated hours and, and put it towards marketing your business, specifically focused on the sales and marketing part of bringing in new prospects, new business, your business would absolutely flourish. So what if instead of 320 hours, you had 300 hours or 310 hours? So that's kind of what we do, right? What's fascinating is we will do an interview of you and we'll pull out your genius. Now, the thing is, if you write a book that solves world hunger, that takes a long time to write. If you write a book that's focused on a particular customer point of pain, a particular CPOP that you address in the marketplace, it is relatively easy within a two to three hour period to pull out the genius, which represents how you solve that problem for your clients. And then what happens is we, we document that uh, by having, uh, in terms of systems, Richard, we put together systems that will allow the writers who are listening to that interview to come up with aha messages. I think I'm, let me, let me, let me step back. Let me close that up and then step back because I think I'm getting a little too deep. Okay. So, <laughs> so at the end of the day, uh, what we can do is we can write your book in 10 hours. The whole, the, we, it takes us, it takes us a whole lot more time to write, but in terms of your time spent as an author, you spend 10 hours versus 320. So we actually are letting you buy 310 hours to market yourself. Well, let's talk about what ghostwriting is. If you and I are speaking and we're having a really robust conversation, robust conversations are two-way. This is, this is a lot more one, one way. You're, you're writing good questions and it's very radio-like where you're giving me a chance to then spend five minutes answering. But in normal, uh, not that this is abnormal, but in normal conversations you have with people, there's a lot of interaction back and forth. If you actually attune your ear to what people say, ever ever listen to people talking, you go, aha, God, that was really brilliant, right? And, and a lot of times people say stuff, and, and if we don't show up and we're not listening, we don't hear that. But if you actually show up and listen, people say brilliant stuff all the time. So what's the difference if you and I are talking and you wrote down your brilliant stuff, or if I'm listening and I capture your brilliant stuff? And that's essentially what ghostwriting is, right? If, if you're talking, I'm going to steer you in the direction, if I'm interviewing you, I'm going to steer you in the direction of saying the type of stuff that resonates in the mind of the prospects that, you're, that you serve. And if you say really cool things that capture people's attention, then I'm going to want to make sure I capture them on paper or technically they're digitally. But but I capture it on paper and they become part of your book. And so ghostwriting is, and, and there are many different formats. There are people who they'll do an interview with you. They'll take the transcript and that'll be the book. That's not a book. That's you talking. That's, that's the book that is geared towards one particular personality type. And it's the person who's auditory. Remember, we process information auditorily, visually, and kinesthetically. If you speak for two hours and your content as is, is put into a book, you're, you're appealing at best to one third of your audience, the auditory people. To me, that does not a book make. So what you want to do is you want to have an asset. You want to have an asset called a book that has and hopefully appeals to all three types. And the problem with books is they're two-dimensional. 
right? Whether or not you're listening to them auditorily or whether or not you're seeing them, they're two-dimensional. So you want to have graphics in your book. Hopefully the graphics are compelling. A lot of cases we do memes, right? There are a lot of social media memes that are pretty cool. So you take you take a particular aha message, you take something that's very powerful that's said, and you put that on a graphic. Oh, that's kind of cool. So you put memes in there. We also, these days, is we're also putting QR codes. And the QR codes point to either top of the funnel or they point to a video where you're talking about a particular section. So people get to feel what it feels like for you to be talking about that particular section and why they should read it. And so when you're thinking about uh, ghostwriting, you're thinking about the book you write. What you have to think about is for 320 hours, should you spend the time writing a book or could you and should you spend the time marketing your Amazon best-selling book? And so that's what we, what we offer. And, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll close with a very interesting statement. What we offer is 10 hours over a four-month period, you'll be an Amazon best-selling author. And at the end of four months, you have an Amazon best-selling book and you have 310 hours in your life you didn't have before that you could spend marketing yourself. Think about what that's going to do for you and your business. So let me leave you with one last thought. I actually think there are only three reasons to write a book. Okay? And they may surprise you. So the first reason, uh, something really bad has happened in your life and it's for cathartic reasons. You just, the act of writing is going to help you feel better about writing your book. Okay? The second is you're a public speaker and you just, unless you write it down, it, you have a hard time trying to figure out what to say and what your next set of talks will be. And, and the third, and, and this, is, this is not for, by the way, when I say the reasons to write a book, I'm talking about nonfiction books that are used for your business, okay? So for nonfiction books that are used for your business, you write a book if it's cathartic, you write a book if it is uh, something that helps you figure out what to speak next year, or the third reason, it's a hobby. Because if you spend 310 hours writing your book, that still doesn't mean you have any clients. Like you don't, no matter how good your book is today, that doesn't mean the, your prospect is going to see that because there's so much deluge. Not only there's so many books, but there's so much out there for people to focus on. So your job is to figure out how to take that book and put it into the hands. I didn't say sell. Your job is to take your book and put it in the hands of your prospects so they recognize you as the credible expert, and then they have the conversation. Once they have the conversation, that's when the strategy call, that's when you can close business. I love it. I have one one follow-up question, and then we'll we'll wrap up here. Everything you said is making a lot of sense to me. The question that I'm having, and and I'm sure a lot of people think about this, so if you're doing this ghostwriting process, how do you get it? How, how can your voice, I, I understand that your content can be preserved, but your voice, your style, how do you guys pre- preserve that through this process? Well, it's a great, it's a great question. And I believe, generally speaking, when I, when I respond back to a author we're working with, what I'll say to them is we'll get lucky if we get to 80 to 90%, right? So what we deliver when we deliver a book is, is we'll deliver you know the the overall summary of the book. We break the book into sections. We do sections instead of chapters. So we have section summaries 
We, we typically hit it pretty good on the section summaries. And then we have 140 aha messages inside our book. These are the things whose, whose goal of an aha message is to encourage somebody to think, to be able to look at the world in a different way. So when we have aha messages, and particularly the, the section summaries, the aha messages, we will send that manuscript back to the author. And if we're 80 to 90%, the question is, what did we, either what did we misinterpret or how can we make it a little more personal? Or in some cases, what, what did we miss? What avenue didn't, didn't we capture? And I think one of the things that's relevant is when we're doing that interview, a lot of times we also come up with uh, a list of things that the author needs to do, right? So in some cases, the, the author needs to come up with a completely new definition that doesn't exist in the marketplace yet. We'll write it down, but I also want them to, to record a video of them talking about it, right? And I'll reference the video from the book itself. So there's no better way. Uh, one of our authors, he, he's got this beautiful methodology, uh, John Boris. It's, it's uh, sell what they're buying. Okay. Beautiful book, right? Learn to sell what they're buying. John has a personal library of 30,000 books. He's read over 100,000 books. One of the things we did in the book is I asked John if he could take us on a video tour. So he took us on a minute and a half video tour of his library. Where he talked about different sections. So there's a QR code in the book that points to a video tour of his library, right? You want to know where his credibility comes from? It's from reading 100,000 books, and he'll tell you how, they get, how they're tied together. And so the answer to your question is, who, if you're listening to this, who are you and how do people see you? And, and do they see you visually? Do they see you or hear you auditorily? Or do they, do they feel you kinesthetically? And depending on what that is, we will put elements inside your book to make sure that people at least get to see that aspect of you. I get it. Makes sense. Very cool. Well, this has been awesome. I knew that it would be. Mitchell, as you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests a single question. That is, what is your biggest helping, the single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our chat today? Can, can, I, can I give that a two-part answer? Sure, absolutely. I, I used to say I go through life with one mentor and two mentees, but I, you know, that's okay. And that by, the, by, by, that by itself is kind of an interesting way to think about going through life. Now I, now I go through life with about four or five continual mentors. Let me say this. I'm going to repeat what we said earlier. When you show up, make it a point to show up. In this world where we are, multitasking and multi-threading and doing all that everyone's always got their hand down in their in their phone looking at stuff. I'm just going to encourage you for the time that you've allocated to be with another human, be with that person and prepare ahead of time. Don't say who are you, what do you do? Say, hey, I've looked at what you've done. This is kind of a fun time for us to talk. Let's do something else together. So a short answer, if you could think of every every week Every month, every quarter, every year, did you show up? That would be a really beautiful thing to, to take away. I love it. Mitchell, where can people find out about you? You know, the, the best way is go to, uh, it's my name, Mitchell Levy, 360.com. So it's M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-L-E-V-Y 360.com. And what you'll be able to see there, customer testimonial, like the kinesthetic people talking about us. Um, you'll be able to connect to me on social. And if 
this was intriguing to you, you want to learn more and you want to book time on my calendar, there's a direct calendar appointment you can make there. So that's MitchellLevy360.com. I love it. Mitchell, this was fantastic. I knew that it would be. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. My pleasure. Thanks, Dr. Richard. It was fun. Good set of questions. Thank you. And thank you as well to each and every one of you who chose to listen to this episode. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find our show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for someone else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 